with me for first service. All right, we got a few double dippers. Good to have you back for round, round two. How many of you, raise your hand one more time, if you were in first service, okay? So if you, put your hands down, if you prayed for someone and they were healed, or you received prayer for something and you were healed in first service, raise your hand. There you go. That lets you know what to expect for a second hour and for the next few days. Yeah, sure, you can clap for that. Thank you, Jesus. We give you the glory. We exalt you, God. It's an honor to be here to partner with Pastor Steve and all of you in what God is doing in this place. God is good. I think we're going to have fun seeing Jesus touch a lot of people. Amen? You know, healing was never meant to just be some kind of random thing that maybe occasionally happens. The disciples weren't surprised when healing happened. The disciples were surprised when healing didn't happen. The disciples prayed for the mute boy in Mark chapter 9. He didn't get healed in their response. And then Jesus prayed and he did get healed. The disciples' response was not, well, of course he's Jesus and we're not, so of course it works for him and not us. No, they went over to Jesus legitimately surprised. And they said, why did this not work? And Jesus gave an explanation. If we would say that the North American church has not been the epitome of breakthrough in healing that we see in the book of Acts, and I would say that we should question any ideas that we have about healing that we can't find anywhere in the Bible. The disciples were not surprised when healing happened. It wasn't like, oh yeah, something randomly happened. We had our, a random fluke that God healed somebody. No, no, no. The disciples were shocked when healing didn't happen. If we change our expectation, I think we'll see similar results. Amen? That was just bonus. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we love you. We welcome your presence. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. We welcome your angels, Lord God, for healing, for words of knowledge, for everything you want done. Now, we just declare heaven is open over central California. Angels are ascending and descending. Power of God is touching people's lives. God, we pray not just for healings and miracles to happen here today and the next couple days, but God, we pray for your people to be empowered to see more happen than they ever dreamed possible. Fill us with your fire and with your boldness in Jesus' name. And God, give me your words to speak in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, in Ephesians chapter 4, it says that he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But it says for a specific purpose. It wasn't to run around being the big shot doing all the ministry. It actually says to equip, their purpose is to equip God's people to do works of service. And I take that very seriously. My job here is not, my job here is to get you to do my job. And quite frankly, I think you're happier that way. You'd rather see people get healed when you pray than when I pray right? You'd rather see pain leave people's bodies when you pray. You'd rather see deaf ears open up when you pray. You'd rather see tumors disappear when you pray than when I pray, right? Like 10 of you think so, and the rest just aren't sure about that. <laughs> All right, I'll speak for you. I think you'd rather have that happen. So, so anyway, we're going to have fun seeing Jesus do stuff like that because he likes to do that. and He's good at doing it. So, so we had fun this morning. Jesus healed a bunch of people. Um, 30 some odd healings had happened. Uh, yeah, I, I, didn't, I realized that I just kind of whipped through everything. and We didn't even hear any testimonies really from this morning. Is there anybody? I think we heard one maybe. Did any of you who raised your hand that you prayed for someone and you saw God heal them or you received prayer and you were healed of something? Do any of you want to share a testimony of what was healed? Yes. Thank you, Jesus. God is good. Good. Anybody else you want to share testimony from first service? 
Now people are like, that means I have to stand in front of all these people and talk. I am going to sit on my hands at all costs. All right, no problem. Okay, we'll, we'll, I'm sure there'll be plenty of testimonies by the end of second hour. Um, yeah, so I, I, my, I always like to start by sharing some testimonies of the goodness of Jesus. It says in the book of Revelation that the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. When we share a testimony of what God has done before, it's like we're prophesying it into the present. And so it's been fun to see God at work. So I'd say in the last week and a half, since Wednesday of a week and a half ago, there's easily been a couple hundred healings that have happened by having people like you lay hands on each other in meetings like this. So last night I was preaching in San Rafael, and Jesus likes to touch the good people of San Rafael. So at the end of the service, we had an extended healing time like we will tonight. This morning is just an appetizer. It's, uh, yeah, we'll have more of an extended healing time tonight and also in Monday and Tuesday. Uh, so last night we did an extended one over there, and I think there was about 40 people in the room, and I had them show fingers for how many healings that they had, and there was 49 fingers that were up for 40 people. Come on, Jesus. Jesus likes to touch the people of California. There was a woman who had a fused back, and uh, it had been that way for, I think, five years. And so she received prayer, not by me, but by someone like you in a meeting like this. And she says, it's not fused anymore. Thank you, Jesus. God is good. Uh, before that, I had flown in yesterday from Minnesota, which is actually where I'm originally from. And uh, yeah, so uh, I was in Minnesota and then in Manitoba, Canada doing ministry. And Manitoba especially was really fun. There was a man in this, uh, I'm sorry, there was three people in the service in Boise Bay, Manitoba, who had broken bones. They came into the service with broken bones that left without having broken bones. That makes me happy. So there was a woman who came. She said she had shattered the bone in her, like the back of her hand, wrist area, back in May. And she says, I could not make a fist since May. And as they prayed for me right now, now I can make a fist. And I said, okay, now you couldn't make a fist because the pain was so bad, or you couldn't make the fist because you're physically unable to. And she says, no, no, I was physically unable to. And I said, oh, cool. And so she could make a fist. There was another woman who came to the service. She had broken her toe. She worked for a doctor. And she said, I broke my toe yesterday. So all the toes were sticking straight. And she says, the last one was sticking sideways. And I, I'm not a doctor. I don't pretend to be. But, um, <laughs> but I am a great physician's assistant. How's that? <laughs> At any rate. Oh, my goodness. Uh, my buddy Jeff, he's funny. He, he's trying, always trying all sorts of random things. He's in Singapore. He, uh, he went over to the, the local Hindu temple. And uh, sorry, I, I make rabbit trails, so I, just forgive me. But it's just a fun testimony. Jeff always has all these fun testimonies. And he's like, yeah, so, you know, we went over to the, the Hindu temple because we wanted to just pray over the whole Hindu temple, right? So, so we go in there, and we ask for the priest, and the priest comes, and, and, uh, and he says, uh, me and my friends here, and they're all wearing white coats. Now, my, Jeff is a, a pastor, right? But he's like, we're, we're all, like, physicians, and so, like, like we, we all, uh, you know, practice medicine. And, and uh, he oh, really? What do you do? Like, how did you get that? He goes, well, it was a family practice. It was given to me by, you know, like, like our father. He was actually, like, a Middle Eastern physician. And so he gave the practice to the family, and so now we're, we've inherited this, and so is what we do. He goes, wow, that's really awesome. Uh, and he's like, yeah, so we just love to see a tour of what you do here. And uh, so they start walking through, and 
any rate, so they walk through. The, the, the guy's like, well, here, this is such and such an idol to such and such God. And he goes, just a second. We have our own language that we use. And so I just want to communicate with this to them. And so they're like, shatarabo boshikata. And so then they respond back. And okay, good. Yeah, okay, we communicated about it. Okay, let's keep going through. See, what do we go through and pray in tongues over every single idol in the whole place? And then Jeff... Yeah, this is Jeff. This is just a normal day for Jeff. He's just, yeah, the guy has the best testimonies ever. At any rate, and so uh, at the end, like, Jeff gets a word of knowledge. He's like, yeah, you were getting problems with your neck? And he's like, wow, you are a good doctor. I didn't even tell you about it. He says, yeah, yeah, I just want to take care of that for you real quick. So he goes and lays hands on the Hindu priest, and the Hindu priest gets healed. And, and uh, the, the Hindu priest is like, you know what? What I would really love, we have 400 people who come to our temple here. I'd really come for you, and I'd really love for you and your friends to come here and just practice medicine on everybody. <laughs> and so now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Invited to do a healing service at the Hindu temple, right? <laughs> it's a good deal. At any rate, so God's outside the box, I think. Amen? Amen. All right, so. That was, just, that was just another bonus. We're just having rabbit trail bonuses this morning. So anyway, I'm in Manitoba, and then the, uh, the woman, she had broken her toe. It's out sideways. And, and so she, was, she comes up to me actually after the service is done. She's like, look at my feet. And she's like bending her toes through her flip-flop. And I said, okay. She's like, no, no, no. That was sticking sideways when I, you know, like yesterday. And, and then the doctor like said it and everything and it was all taped up. And he told me I wasn't supposed to take the tape off or do anything with it for six to eight weeks. But, but I, didn't, I knew God healed me and I ripped it off. Okay, just moment of disclaimer. Like I'm not advising you to break your doctor's orders, okay? Like I cannot be held liable or whatever. Okay, all right, just making sure we got that out there. And uh, she goes, but yeah, it's completely healed. Look, I'm moving it perfectly. And she was absolutely moving it perfectly. And she says, yeah, I'm going to go to my boss tomorrow and I'm going to show him how God did it. And I was like, cool, you'll get it medically verified tomorrow. That's a good deal. <clears throat> God is good. Another girl in the service, she was off to my side over here. She had a boot and she had crutches uh, and uh, she had uh, broken her tibia, fibula, I don't remember. She had broken some bones. How's that? And, uh, and so the people are praying for her, and she had a plate and some screws in her, in her ankle. And as they're praying for her, she's getting, it was just about completely healed. She came up to me at the end, and I prayed for a little bit more. And she said, and her mom's standing right there with her, and, and they're like, she could only move her foot like that far, like basically nothing. And now she's moving it like completely perfectly, right? And all the mobilities come back. And she says, yeah, she says, one screw in particular I could basically always feel. And she says, now after they prayed for the metal to disappear, I can't feel that screw at all. Thank you, Jesus. God is good. So Jesus likes to heal and touch people, and he likes to do it a lot. And so it's been fun to see God at work. Um, I always like to show a healing video clip. So the clip I'm going to show you, um, I had a privilege of being in this movie called Christ in You. And it's just a documentary about Jesus healing and touching people, really practical on seeing God touch people where you go. So at any rate, uh, the trailer for the movie is going to go straight into what I have to share with you this morning. Kind of morning. Go ahead. It's noon. <laughs> Everything else is second Old clothes, security, even the life. Being alive or not, it doesn't make any difference. These people, they lost the hope. They have no hope for future. They have nothing to look forward to live. They are dying a slow death because they lost the hope. <laughs> 
Jesus said, you are the light of the world. He said, you are the salt of the earth. Without the influence of the body of Christ, the world is a living hell. We are here to change the world. See, I believe enough for Jesus to be crucified for me, to be raised from the dead for me, and for me to get to heaven. The question is, do you believe enough for heaven to get into you, to possess you now? Okay, I'm just gonna put my hands on your knees. Okay. If you follow Jesus, if you have a pulse, you're qualified. When just anybody goes, that screams the gospel. That's why Jesus chose the 12. None of them highly qualified, none of them educated. It's not about the outcome. It's about who we become in the process. You have to die. You really have to die to this world in order to live in another one. There's no way to get delivered from it. You only get delivered through it. breakthrough in any and every situation we face in life is the fact that Jesus Christ lives in me through the Holy Spirit. That's the answer. All right. If you're interested, the movie is on the back on the table back there. All right. John chapter 4 says that we worship God in spirit and in truth. Now, the context of that verse isn't necessarily talking about healing and miracles. I think that's what's needed. We need the presence of the Holy Spirit because who's the healer? Holy Spirit, right? Jesus, Holy Spirit, yeah, both. <laughs> Father God, I think they're all involved. Uh, so it's going to work a whole lot better to walk filled with the Holy Spirit if he's the healer than to not walk filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Yeah. And maybe I should clarify something. Like, I meet people who are like, brother, I got saved in 1972. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit in 1973. I'm doing good. And I'm thinking... I mean, praise the Lord, that was a good start back in the 1970s. But if nothing has happened in your life with God since 1973, you are not doing good. Yeah, right. Amen? Like, uh, we need to walk ongoingly filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? If he's the healer, it works a whole lot better to walk filled with him. It just, in general, does for all of the Christian life. However, I, so... We need the presence of the Holy Spirit. We also need to be walking in truth. God responds to what we believe. All things are possible to them who believe. Because I had can't, well, I didn't even get into that. I was supposed to share about that. I had cancer before in my life, all right, in my early 20s. Because I had cancer before, I was desperate to see more people get healed. And I thought if I just had more faith, I would see more people get healed. Always working to try to have more faith and never feeling like I had enough. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if I spent one hour reading the Bible and that wasn't cutting it, I'd try three hours. If that wasn't cutting it to see healings happen, let's throw in a fast. If that's not cutting it, let's throw in an extended fast. 
And okay, that's like if you have a tree stump in your backyard and one stick of dynamite isn't cutting, it was throwing three sticks. And if that's not cutting, it was throwing like 10 sticks. And yeah, sometimes it does work that way. But what had happened for me was that I was starting to put my faith in faith itself and always checking to see how much faith I had and always feeling discouraged, never feeling like I had enough. Does this make sense? Are you tracking? Some of you maybe have lived this before, huh? (laughs) What worked much, much better for me than working to try to have more faith was getting rid of the mindsets that I believed that were actually killing my faith. Because what you faith is a byproduct of what you believe. Now, I go to Alaska all the time and I do ministry. And... uh, they informed me when I got to Alaska that the population of guns is bigger than the population of people in Alaska. I don't know if that's actually true, but in the small towns, I bet it probably is. <clears throat> Maybe in rural California, it might be too. I don't know. <laughs> now, let's imagine you have an Alaskan walking down the street filled with the Holy Spirit. That's like having a great big spiritual gun. Instead of a physical gun for a bear or a wolf, it's a, a spiritual gun for sickness and demons and disease. However, if the mindset that Alaskan has when they're walking down the street, filled with the Holy Spirit is, nothing happened the last 50 times I tried. I'm pretty sure it's not going to happen this time. I don't have the spiritual gift for healing. I sure wish Bill Johnson or Reinhard Bonnke was here to pray instead of me. I don't feel very anointed right now. I don't think I've read my Bible enough today. I don't think it's going to work. I don't think I've prayed enough today. I don't think it's going to work. I said something bad yesterday. I don't think it's going to work. I think what they need healing for only comes out by prayer and fasting, and the food's been real good lately. I don't think it's going to work. If this is the garbage that's going on between their ears, it's like they took all the spiritual bullets out of their spiritual gun and threw them away. Because God responds to what we believe. To try to work to have more faith, but having those types of beliefs in our mind is very counterproductive because what we believe is killing our faith. Does that make sense? I mean, if you just think about this objectively, if you came to me and said, Paul, pray for me, I need healing in my body, what do you want me to think? Well, my quiet time this morning was a bit rushed. I just don't think it's going to work out for you. (laughs) Do you want me to think that? Okay, I'm the same as you. I'm even from your country. (laughs) I preach a whole lot outside of the country. (laughs) The person that you're praying for does not want you disqualifying yourself with all that garbage between your ears. You want me to believe that God is more than capable of healing you even though you are not a perfect person. Same is true for the person that you're praying for. They want you to believe that God is more than capable of healing through you even though you're not perfect. Amen? I want to tell you a little about myself. I meant to do that before. Um, So, I'm, t- I'm 38. When I was 20 years old, I was diagnosed with cancer. So I had a tumor in my chest that was the size of my fist. It had spread to both sides of my neck, both armpits, and below my diaphragm. I was not doing so good. I had grown up in the church. I was a pastor's kid, and I sometimes walked with the Lord really hard, and sometimes I did my own thing. And uh, yeah, and so it wasn't until I had cancer in my body, really when I was getting worse with cancer in my body, at the ripe old age of 21, that I really reevaluated everything of life. And I realized the vast majority of my life, I have lived for myself. And I saw how empty it was when I lived for myself. And I remember thinking, God, I don't know how long I have on this planet. I don't know if it's one more day or a hundred more years, but God, however long I have, 
I want to live for you completely. I'm tired of wasting my life living for me. Cancer was a long, slow process. I had cancer for more than three years. Now I've been cancer-free for 14 years. But going through that gave me a big passion for this topic of healing and miracles. And I'd love to say somebody prayed for me and all the tumors disappeared. It actually didn't happen that way. I did go through chemotherapy and radiation, and there's a whole long story there that I don't have time to get into. But yeah, that gave me a huge passion for this topic of healing. And I prayed for the sick all the time for a few years. No one ever got healed. At the end, I said, God, I quit. I have read my Bible more. I have prayed more. I've confessed everything I know I've done wrong, and I've confessed things that I'm not even sure if they were wrong. <laughs> Hoping that it would work and somebody would get healed, and it hasn't worked. Nobody's healed. God, I can't do it. Which is what I think God wanted me to realize. Sometimes we're trying harder in our own strength, and God wants us to surrender and trust him to do what we can't do. Sometimes we're taking responsibility for things that he doesn't want us to take responsibility for, that he wants us to surrender and trust him to do. And that's not just a healing principle. Amen? Amen? Because the best way to take responsibility is ultimately to only steward and make him the source. So, glad that three of you agree with me. Thank you. <laughs> if you have a Bible, turn to Luke chapter 9. So that's how, uh, so God kind of brought me to the end of myself, and I was just frustrated. And as you're getting there, I'll finish up the story about how I got into it. Um, Luke 9, 1 and 2 is where we're going to go. Um, a woman came to me and said, Paul, pray for me. I'm about to go to the emergency room. She had female problems. I prayed for her. She said, Paul, I'm healed. I said, no, you're not. Test your body again. I'm sure you will discover that you are still sick. Yeah, full of faith, right? And she said, Paul, I really am healed. And I thought, wow, well, if God can do one, then God can do thousands. Amen? Yeah. It's been fun. There was like two or three a week for like the next few years, and now it's been thousands. And it's fun to see God do thousands. There's thousands literally every single year just by having people like you lay hands on each other in meetings like this. But I share all that to encourage you. It doesn't matter what your experience is, whether you've seen none or you've seen a little bit or whether you've seen a lot, God wants to bring an increase. God does not want us to reduce him to whatever our past experience has been. God does not want us to reduce him to whatever our spiritual gifts currently are. Oh, I'm the prophetic guy. Oh, you need a healing? You should go to that guy. He's the healing guy. Now, you got the same Holy Ghost that does both. Amen? Amen. A great way to plateau spiritually is to limit God to whatever you've seen happen in your past. God wants to move you from glory to glory with ever-increasing glory. Luke 9, 1 and 2. Jesus wants healing ministry multiplied. I'll prove that to you from the Word of God. Luke 9, 1 and 2. When Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases, and he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So Jesus has a healing ministry, right? He wants it multiplied. So what does he do? He multiplies it to the 12 disciples. Now, a real bottleneck to seeing healing ministry multiplied is that Christians disqualify themselves. And one of the main ways that happens is that people don't feel like they're holy enough that God could work through them. I would venture to say that maybe you didn't pay attention to who Jesus empowered in healing ministry. Because who do you have in the 12 disciples? You have Doubting Thomas. How many of you want the man whose nickname is Doubting in charge of your church's healing ministry? <laughs> you have James and John. I call James and John the ISIS Christians. By the end of Luke chapter 9, they're wanting fire to come from heaven to annihilate the whole village. Jesus rebukes them and says, no, 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 no. They are going to become serial killers on their evangelism outing. <laughs> Don't tell me Jesus waited till they were mature before he sent them out. 
else do you got in there? You have Judas. Please don't try to convince me Judas has perfect character. If Jesus can empower Judas to have a healing ministry, I'm pretty sure he can empower you and me to have a healing ministry. You got Peter, he's ready to deny Jesus three times. Now, I'm not trying to be critical and belittle these people. We owe our church around the world to these people. But I'm trying to get you to realize is they were not qualified because they are so perfect. They're qualified because Jesus qualified them. If legalistically following rules made for very powerful healing ministries, the Pharisees would have had the most powerful healing ministries in the Bible instead of these guys. Amen? But maybe it's more about God's grace and about encountering the healer because they'd certainly spent some time with the healer. So Jesus multiplied healing ministry in Luke 9. He does it again in Luke 10 with 72 more. He tells them, heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near them. He does it a third time in what we call the Great Commission. How many of you have heard of the Great Commission before? <laughs> Great Commission takes place at the end of Matthew, end of Mark, Acts 1, verse 8. And make no mistake about it, the Great Commission is a Great Commission of power. What does it say? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. What else does it say? These signs are going to follow them that believe. They're going to lay hands on the sick and they recover. Now, is the Great Commission just for 2,000 years ago or is it also for today? Is it just for pastors, evangelists, and guest speakers or is it for everybody? If the Great Commission is for everyone and for today, then the whole context of it, which is Jesus multiplying power to reach the lost, that's also for everyone and for today. Amen. You have been qualified for healing ministry. You were already qualified. You didn't have to do anything to be qualified. You were qualified when Jesus gave you the Great Commission. So if you are qualified by Jesus, don't disqualify yourself when Jesus qualified you. Don't go introspective and disqualify yourself. You can't earn a healing ministry. You can't earn grace. Trying to earn grace will keep you from ever experiencing it. You are qualified by Jesus. I travel all over the world. I've been in 40 countries so far. In every country I've been in, I found an animal. It's called a dog. I'm pretty sure you've seen one before. <laughs> I'm going to ask some simple questions that a five-year-old could answer, but please humor me. Answer my questions, okay? So question number one, does a dog have a tail? Yes. Well done. Question number two, have you ever seen a dog chase its tail? Yes. Don't you wish school would have asked questions like this? I would have gotten so much better grades in school if the teacher would have asked me questions like this. I look at it this way. I didn't get bad grades. The teacher asked the wrong questions. <laughs> yeah, I didn't work trying to explain that to my mom. She didn't believe me, you know? <laughs> All right, question number three. But does that dog own that tail that he's chasing? But the dog doesn't think so, does he? Right? So what's the dog doing? The dog is working for what he already has. Instead of believing the truth that he already owns the tail, he's working really hard to try to get the tail, right? And it looks the exact same when a believer is working really hard for what they already have in healing ministry. Instead of believing the truth that they were already qualified by Jesus when he gave them the Great Commission, they're working very hard to get what they already have. You were qualified by Jesus. Don't disqualify whom Jesus qualified. Amen? So don't go introspective. There's no point in doing it. Do you want to know what works much better? Love, compassion. Over and over again in the Gospels, we see Jesus was filled with compassion and sick people were healed. First, 
We use 1 Corinthians 13 in so many different ways. 1 Corinthians 13, talking about love. Somebody gets married, we read 1 Corinthians 13. We do a series on fruit of the Holy Spirit. We get to love, we talk about 1 Corinthians 13. That's all fine and good. But if 1 Corinthians 13 was meant to be used in any way, it should be used in the context of what the Holy Spirit wants to do through us. Because what's the context? What's 1 Corinthians 12? What's 1 Corinthians 14? 12 is gifts of the Holy Spirit. 14 is gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's all about the move of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians 13's context on either side, sandwiched between what God wants to do through us, through the Holy Spirit. I'd venture to say that there's breakthroughs that people have wanted to see happen in the church, and the reason why they didn't is because they were trying to work something up or try to make something happen or disqualifying themselves instead of focusing on love for the person that's in front of them. Galatians 5 verse 6 talks about what matters is faith expressing itself through love. I remember years ago, I used to work at Teen Challenge years ago in Minnesota, where I'm from, and I prayed for a guy at work, and he didn't get healed, and I walked away, and I was beating myself up, thinking if I just had more faith, I would have seen him get healed. And I heard the Holy Spirit clearly speak to me and say, Paul, if you could have taken your eyes off of yourself for one moment and cared about that person, you would have seen him get healed. Because faith flows through love. Much better than all of the introspection and trying to work things up and make things happen. Amen? All right. Now, one last point. Now, do you know what it means when a guest speaker says one last point? Three more hours. (laughs) No, I won't do that to you. But I remember as a little kid hearing some guest speaker, and they'd be saying, and now finally, and then 20 minutes goes by. And in conclusion, and 10 more minutes goes by. And oh, I almost forgot to tell you. And then 10 more minutes goes by. Oh, and one more point. And I'm thinking, I don't think that guy knows what those words mean. (laughs) He's been concluding for a very, very long time now. (laughs) Judging by the laughter, maybe you've seen this before. You know, they know that joke everywhere in the world, by the way. I can say that. doesn't matter if I'm in a little village in the middle of India. They'll all burst out laughing as well. I guess we guest speakers are quite famous for doing this. (laughs) At any rate, I'll try to actually make it one last point. Okay, so how we pray for the sick makes a big, 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 big difference. All right? How do they pray for the sick in the Bible? They're not asking, begging, and pleading. They're not praying in their head for healing. The prayers for healing are recorded. We can see what they say and what they don't say. I can't find one prayer for healing in the Bible that has the word ask in it. Just doesn't exist. That's how I always prayed. God, I ask you, heal this person. Yeah, nothing ever happened. It just doesn't exist. I can't find one prayer for healing in the Bible that's prayed in their head, but not out loud. Well, but brother, God knows our thoughts. I get it. But he said, speak to the mountain and command the mountain to be moved. Here's today's real deep theological point. Speaking to the mountain implies speaking. That means mouth going up and down, words coming out. (laughs) Amen? Well, but brother, God knows our thoughts. We shouldn't need to do that. Yeah, yeah. How many of you have realized there's my way of how I think theoretically it should work? And it doesn't always work so good doing it my way that I think of how it should work. And then there's God's way of how he said to do it. And that way tends to work a lot better than my way. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, exactly. So I'm just saying, like, I get your theoretical stuff. I'm just saying, I'd like tumors leaving. Amen? I want pain out of bodies. Amen? Like, I'm not happy with good theology. I want, that makes me feel good. I want people getting healed. Amen? Jesus said, speak to the mountain and command the mountain to be moved. And I have a feeling he meant it. I would grow up as a kid 
reading the Bible, Psalm 100, okay, you know, sing to the Lord and shout to the Lord. And I'd think, oh, this is good. I've read something today. I've learned something. But what if, this is radical thought, but what if God actually wants me to sing to him and not just read about singing to him? And what if God actually wants me to shout to him and not just read about it, even if I have Scandinavian heritage? <laughs> like, what if God actually wants me to do it? Amen? And not just read about it. Just saying. So how do they pray for healing? They're praying with authority. Be healed. Be clean. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. When the man has a withered hand, stretch out your hand. When the man's deaf and mute, ears be open, tongue be loosed. When Lazarus is dead, Lazarus, come forth. When the little girl's dead, little girl, I say to you, get up. When the man got wet down through the roof, which I'm sure they're thankful that nobody made a hole through the roof, get up, take your mat and go. Those are all prayers for healing in the Bible, and they're all commands. They're speaking to the mountain and commanding the mountain to be moved. You have authority. You need to believe you have authority, and you need to exercise that authority. Amen? All right, cool. I need a volunteer. Uh, you were already in the first service. Somebody who wasn't in the first service. Let's get fresh blood up here. All right, go ahead. Come on up here. All right, what's your name? Patty? Okay, very good. So Patty, come stand over here. One tool you can use to see people encounter, uh, come to know Jesus, is you can just invite them to encounter God's presence. In fact, I'll have everybody go ahead and stand up if you're able. Everybody get a partner. Whoever's standing next to you works, all right? Grab a partner, grab their hand, put their hand in the air. So I know who's with who. No groups of three, just two. If you got three, you got to move around and make a new partner. All right. Go ahead, put your hands down. Some of you just got really sad right there. Your favorite point of the whole message was holding that person's hand there for that moment. Sorry, I just got a little awkward for a few of you. That was the anointing of Chris Valentin coming upon me. Okay, now, uh, who here does not have a partner? Wave at me. Over there and over there. Okay, you two get to be partners. All right, cool, good. Now, I want you to figure out between you and your partner who is taller. Taller person goes first. I had to pick something I could beat you at. All right. So, taller person is going to ask the shorter person if they want to feel God. Oh, let, me, let me preface this a little. Maybe you've had before where you're worshiping God at church and you're really getting encountered by God and you're like, I wish those people out there could experience what I am right now. Right. Guess what? They can. Because God doesn't live inside of a building half as much as the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Amen. When you go out there, God goes out there. Amen? Amen. All right. So, yeah, people get saved just from a simple Holy Spirit encounter. So what I'll have you do is taller person, and, and I'll do this all first. So don't do it yet. Let me demonstrate first. Taller person's going to ask shorter person if they want to feel God or something cool because God's cool, right? Shorter person needs to be nice. They have to say yes. <laughs> then have them put their hands like this and say, Holy Spirit, come. So let me demonstrate. Okay. So do you want to feel something cool? Go ahead. Put your hands like this. Just say, Holy Spirit, come. And Holy Spirit, we release your presence to touch Patty in Jesus' name. Get her, Lord. Amen. All right. Now, we'll find out what Patty and everybody experiences in just a moment. But now it's your So, taller person, ask shorter person if they want to feel God. Have them put out their hands and say, Holy Spirit, come. Go ahead. Thank you. You can take and go back. All right, when taller person's done, shorter person goes. Same thing. And by the way, don't put your hands on their hands. Put your hands above their hands. We want them to feel God, not you, okay? So 
Again, ask them if they want to feel something cool. Have them put out their hands and say, Holy Spirit, come. Go ahead. All right, when both of you are done, go ahead and sit down. All right, now we want to find out what you experienced. Now, if you didn't feel anything, that doesn't mean that there's anything horribly wrong with you, okay? But it's always amazing how many people encounter God in a variety of ways. So if you felt the heat when you did this, and not because it's summertime in California, go ahead and raise your hand. Oh, and by the way, don't raise your hand like this. Raise your hand nice and high. This bores in with your head, okay? Let the world know if you forgot to wear deodorant. Not a big deal, all right? All right. Now, if you felt tingling when you did this, go ahead and raise your hand. All right. If you felt energy or electricity when you did this, go ahead and raise your hand. Very good. Now, we didn't even pray for healing yet, but you invite the Holy Spirit. He likes to start early. So check your body. If your back was hurting, is it still? If you had a headache, is it gone? If your ears were ringing, are they still? So check your body. If your wrist was giving you problems, is it still? If you already feel a difference in the pain or problem in your body, go ahead and raise your hand. All right, very good. Over there, over there, over there, there, and there, and there, and a few more. They keep coming. All right, cool. Okay, now, um, we don't have time for all of you to share a testimony, but do one of you want to share what Jesus just did with the pain or problem weaving? Not everybody at once now. Yes. Nice and loud. All right. You blew your back out three weeks ago and it's not hurting. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Good. All right. Now, some of you are like, wait, wait, I still need healing. Don't worry. We didn't even start healing time yet. Okay. Like that was just, you invite Holy Ghost, he starts early. Okay. That's just bonus. Okay. Um, was anybody shaking from your Holy Spirit encounter? Okay. Very good. Did anybody feel a wind or a cool breeze from a Holy Spirit encounter you had, okay? Did anybody feel joy or laughter or drunk in the Holy Spirit from your Holy Spirit encounter? Excellent. Did anybody feel peace from your Holy Spirit encounter? Oh, many. This is a peaceful group. Okay. Uh, let's see. Did anybody get gold dust? It looks like glitter or sparkle on your hands. Yeah, back there. Anybody else? No? Okay, just one. All right, very good. So I actually think that the, uh, the wind that some of you were feeling was actually an angel touching you. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 8, that God makes his angels like a ministering wind. And now some of you are like, well, I wish I would have felt that. Well, we can pray for it. Why not? So, and some of you are thinking, I wish I got the gold dust. And maybe some of you are really thinking, I wish I got some gold bars. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that either. All right. Go ahead, put your hands like this. So God, thank you for encounters with you. We love you, Lord God. And uh, in the name of Jesus Christ, I declare release of angels in this place. Ministering winds blow in Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name, I declare release of gold dust. Amen. Now, for me, it's like somebody's holding a little fan up to my hands. Who here felt something like that when I just prayed? Yeah, very good. Like a bunch of you. Okay. Uh, who here got gold dust? Looks like glitter or sparkles on your hands. Yeah, very good. Okay, so God encounters people in a variety of ways. And I think when you look in the Bible, you can see that God encounters people in a variety of ways, right? Like Mary, for example. Mary encountered the Holy Spirit, and she ended up pregnant as a result. But I don't know if any of you are going to end up pregnant as a result of your Holy Spirit encounter here today. That'd really be a miracle for the men in this room, all right? All right, now... Um, 
I did this in the first hour. Let's do it again. All right. I need to volunteer somebody who is not in the first hour, somebody who is like, okay, Paul, uh, I believe healing and miracles can happen, but it doesn't seem to happen so much when I pray. Can I have one brave person like that? Right there. Maroon shirt. Looking behind you. Yes. You. Go ahead. Come on up here. Very good. And uh, Holy Ghost. Can I borrow that girl right there? Yes. The one doing this. Go ahead. Come on up here. All right. Ooh. Is that right if I grab this? All right. And what's your name? Erica. Erica. Good to meet you, Erica. Erica is... Go ahead and stand right there, Erica. And your name? Casey. Casey. Good to meet you. Casey, go ahead and grab a seat right there. So Erica is already successful. She's successful because she's willing to take a risk. Until we take a risk, nothing happens. All right? So your job is going to be really simple. You just have to say, in Jesus' name, grow when I ask you to. If you can do that, that's all I'm asking. Is that all right? You're good? All right, cool. So I felt that Casey, right? I felt that Casey had a leg that's longer than the other. We'll find out whether or not she does. So sit with your hips all the way back in the chair and your knees together, and I'll pick up your feet. Is that all right? All right, and just relax, like completely, like I'm holding you up. Now, the way that you tell if one leg is longer and one leg is shorter is you look at the heels of her feet, okay? The tops of her feet, they move back and forth, right? And the heels move back and forth a little, but no matter how I hold the heels of her feet, I think you can see this one is looking a bit longer. This one is looking a bit shorter. Can you see that? Yeah. If you can't see it, we'll pray for your vision, all right? <laughs> all right. So, I'm sorry, one more time your name? Erica. Erica. So, Erica, do you see the difference here? See how that one's looking long? This one's looking oh, short? Okay. Yeah, pretty clear. Okay. So, just stand right here and then put your hand on the short one and keep your eyes open because you want to watch it. Just say, in Jesus' name, grow. In Jesus' name, grow. There. Good. I think it even almost went past. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> All right. How are you doing? Did you feel it or no? Good, I did. What did you feel? Like, kind of a tingle. Yeah? Good. Now, was that very, very difficult? No. No, you just use your authority and Jesus does it, right? All right, very good. How many of you saw it? Hey, okay, very good. Go ahead, grab a seat. Thank you both. All right, I do that because it's something simple that we can, we can see, all right? So this is a very good time to be healed in church. Sometimes people think, well, I have the problem, but it isn't that bad. That guy over there is supposed to be dead by Thursday. I'm going to let him get the prayer. Guess what? Jesus can heal you and the guy who's supposed to be dead by next Thursday. Amen? And I think there's a bunch of people in this room that want to see a healing happen when they pray. So you're not doing anyone any favors by refusing to take prayer. Sound good? So if you have the problem, whether it's horrible or minor, take prayer for it. Let's do, we did necks in the first hour. Let's do that again, all right? So if you get any pain or problem in your neck, you have pain in the neck, stiffness, soreness, problems with the vertebrae in your neck, an old whiplash injury in your neck, any issue with your neck, stand up wherever you are in the room. All right. My goodness, what happens to necks in California? <laughs> okay, and if you get... If you have a vertebrae that's messed up somehow, doesn't have to be in your neck, go ahead and stand up. I don't know, like a herniated disc, ruptured disc, degenerative disc. In my mind, they're all the same thing, but I'm sure that somebody who's medically inclined could tell you how they're not. Sure, why not? Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, um, if you have any problems with your wrist, you have carpal tunnel, you have arthritis in your wrist, you have pain in your wrist, scars on your wrist, anything with your wrist, stand up right where you're at. All right, now, those of you that are standing, I want you to put your hand in the air. 
Those of you that are sitting, I need your help. Okay? This is not going to a Niners football game where you're just watching somebody else do it. All right? No, no, no. This is all hands on deck. I need your help. So if you're sitting down, I want you to stand up. Don't pray for anybody. Just walk over to somebody whose hand is in the air. And I want you to go to somebody that you did not drive to church here with today. <laughs> Don't go to your family member. Go for fresh blood. All right? So... This is all hands on deck. This is not a spectator sport. I need your help. All right. Now, if someone has come to you, put your hand down. Oh, and get the kids involved too, for sure. I mean, like maturity in this is having faith like a child. Like they're already there, right? All right. Uh, if no one has come to you, wave at me. All right. Oh, we got a few. If you've got like three of you stacked up on one person, can you please send one over like this direction or over there? Um, are you, I think she's right there with you. Um, uh, but we still need somebody here. Or you need somebody as well. Okay, just go to each other. That works. All right. And then I think he's coming to get to you. So I think we're hopefully covered. Okay, now, I realize some of you, you are professionals at this. You've been doing this longer than I've been alive. But for some of you, this is all kind of brand new. So like, don't worry, professionals, just hang in there. We're going to do the first round with training wheels to catch them all up to speed, okay? So first thing, we got to find out what in the world we're praying for. So we don't need a whole medical history. 20 seconds or less, please explain what's going on with your wrists or your neck or whatever else I said. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Did you figure it out? All right. Now, a large part of healing ministry is not allowing yourself to get intimidated by the problem. Sometimes people hear the problem and they're like, oh, that sounds really bad. I don't think it's going to work. Paul, over here. No, no, you don't need me. You need Jesus. Right? You need divine intervention. All right? So, and the great thing is he's right there with you. You got the same Holy Ghost that raised Jesus Christ from the dead living on the inside of you, and he wants out, all right? So don't get impressed by the problem. Get impressed by the solution. So I want you to tell this person that just told you about their problem, I want you to tell them this is going to be really, really easy for Jesus to heal. Go tell them that. Doesn't that feel good to say? It just kind of takes the pressure off, right? You shouldn't have pressure to do something that you can't do anyway, all right? Now, uh, what I want you to do, the Bible says to lay hands on the sick and they recover. Can I borrow you real quick for a second? I have never understood this. The Bible does not say lay hands six inches away from the sick and they recover. The Bible says lay hands on the sick and they recover. He is not going to get some, like, disease from me if I put my hand on his shoulder, right? All right. So, go ahead, put your hand on the person where they need the healing, unless you shouldn't put your hand there. <laughs> you shouldn't put your hand there, just put your hand on their shoulder. But, I mean, we're talking necks and wrists, right? So we should be safe. <laughs> All right. Now, I realize that for some of you, the idea of commanding when you pray for healing is not something you're used to doing. We'll make it really simple the first time. I'll just have you repeat after me. Then I'll turn you loose. Okay? So, Holy Spirit... 
We release your presence to touch these bodies. And in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command all pain, every problem, get out right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Be healed right now in the name of Jesus Christ. All right, and I want you out loud to command whatever pain or problem they told you about. I want you to command that to get out of their body in Jesus' name. Go ahead. Everybody at the same time. Drive it out. It's got to go. God gave you authority. All right, amen. Hallelujah. Okay, great job. Now. Have the person test it out. It's not good enough to pray for them and run away because we're scared it didn't work. All right? We got to check and see what God's doing. So, I realize some of you, maybe you can't test it out, but I think there's a fair number of you that can test it out. Now, hello, hello, hello. Can you hear me? All right. If you had a difference in the pain or problem in your body, whether it's 1% better, 100% better, or anywhere in between, I want you to wave your hand at me nice and high wherever you are in the room. Yay, I like seeing you all wave at me. Thank you, Jesus. All right, now, not just that you had a difference, but if it's at least 70% better, 70 up to 100% better, go ahead and wave your hand nice and high wherever you are. Yeah, it's a good 15 of you or so. Can we praise Jesus for what's happening in here? Thank you, Lord. We give you the glory. Okay. Go ahead and sit down. All right. Now, we're going to do another round of healing, okay? Don't worry if we don't cover your problem. We got tonight. We got Monday night and Tuesday night. And by the way, I'm not just going to do healing. We're going to get into training and activation for words of knowledge for healing. Um, maybe the prophetic as well. Maybe inner healing, deliverance. We'll, we'll cover a smattering of topics. So, and whatever it is, I like to get you guys doing it typically. So, all right. Now, second round. Okay, if you were improved in the first round, but not perfect yet, whether that's 5% better or 95% better, go ahead and stand up. So if you were improved in the first round, but not perfect. If you have migraines, go ahead and stand up. And if you get any problems with your jaw, you have TMJ, trigeminal neuralgia, grinding your teeth at night, you have, I don't know, any issues with your jaw, go ahead and stand up wherever you're at. All right. Very good. And any issues with your feet? You have swelling in your feet, plantar fasciitis, anything with your feet? I like not anymore. That's a good answer. Thank you, Lord. Any problems with your feet? Neuropathy, whatever. Go ahead and stand up wherever you're at. If you have any metal in your body, you have plates, rods, screws, any hardware of any kind, we want to pray for the metal to get out too. Go ahead and stand up if you have any metal in your body. Nobody has any metal? Oh, we got some. Okay. All right. All right. Now, if you are standing, put your hand in the air. If you are sitting, I need your help. I want you to stand up. Go to somebody whose hand is in the air. And go to somebody that you did not drive to church here with today. If there's nobody by you, go move around and find somebody else. All right. Now, if somebody has come to you, put your hand down. If they have not, keep your hand not come yet. Uh, raise, keep your hand up. Okay, I think you got, they're with you, right? Yeah, so you can put your hand down. Okay, we got everybody covered. Okay, so again, 
Find out what's going on with the person. We don't need a whole medical history. If they were improved but not perfect, find that out as well. Go ahead. All right. Did you figure it out? All right. Now again, tell the person this is really easy for Jesus to heal. All right. It's really easy for Jesus to remove the metal, right? So you're going to pray for the metal the same way that you pray for pain. Just like you'd command the pain to get out of their body, you command the metal to get out of their body. Jesus does all of it. All right. So this time you don't need to repeat after me. I want you to put your hand on the person where they need the healing. All right. And then out loud, I want you to invite Holy Spirit to touch the person. You already did Holy Spirit encounters. You should be professionals by now. And number two, command the pain or problem or the metal to get out in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, no wimpy prayers. Imagine that a dog's attacking your friend. What are you going to do? You're not going to say, oh, dog, go away, please. Right? You're going to drive a dog out. All right? I'm not saying it's a demon. I don't know what it is. Right? But God gave you authority. You have authority. You need to believe you have authority. You need to exercise that authority. So drive out the metal, drive out the pain, whatever it is, command it to get out of their body. Go ahead. Out loud. Everybody at the same time. Yeah, release your presence, your anointing on these bodies. Metal, get out. Pain, get out. All right, amen. All right, test your body. Check your body. See what's going on in there. All right. If you can tell that God did something, there is a difference. Whether it's 1% better or 100% better, wave your hand nice and high wherever you are in the room. Yay, good to see you all waving. Like that's, especially in that section, my goodness. Yeah, really, especially the whole church. <laughs> okay. Now, um, not just different, but if you're at least 70% better, so 70% up to 100%, raise your hand from this round. Very good. Okay. Go ahead, grab a seat. If you were just healed of something and you had the problem more than five years or it was particularly severe, like you had metal and now you can tell the metal's gone, all right? Now, some of you, maybe you won't know until you go to the airport, right? And you go through the metal detector, right? But, okay. But you can tell now that God has healed you, had the problem more than five years, or is particularly severe. Raise your hand. Who is like that? One, two, three, four, five, six. All right. So 15 seconds each. I want to hear what Jesus did. So really loud for what did Jesus do? Thank you, Jesus. We give you the glory. Amen. How long did you have the uh, problem with your hand for? I can't tell you how many years. Like, are we thinking years, decades? Uh, yeah, like 30 years. Wow, come on, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Good. Who else? There's hand over here. Yeah, what did Jesus do? Thank you, Jesus. Whiplash from a car accident in 1993, and she's basically almost 100%.
This gentleman there. Had a brain surgery and I've had swelling in my neck, a very bad condition, barely move, can barely do anything, barely lift my kids up. It's major pain. Uh, it feels like it's all gone, everything's gone, and I can move. Hallelujah. How long has it been that way for? Eight years. All right, hallelujah. Who else? There are some hands over, oh, back there, okay. What do we got? Yeah, I had a injury a, from work. My back, my lumbar had to be fused, and it affected my whole spine. I couldn't turn my head. I got migraines that are just headaches that are just tremendous, put me down in bed and curled up in a ball. And I can move my neck now, and it, it seems to be, I don't know about the fusion, but because it's, I'm used to it now. I can't bend there, so. Did you try to see if you could bend there? Uh, no. Can you try? All right. While he's checking it out, let's go and hear the next testimony. I had a broken tib and fib, and I have a bunch of metal in my leg that constantly hurts, mm -hmm. and I don't feel any of it right now. You don't feel any of the metal? No. Come on. And normally you could feel it? Yeah. How much metal did you have in there? I have a nail, a rod, a plate, and 13 screws. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's pretty awesome. If you're not in a rush, I'd love to get a video testimony of you sharing about that, and I'll throw it on YouTube if that's okay. So find me after the service. All right. Is it still fused or no? I still can't tell whether it's fused because of the way it fuses. I can still bend. I can do... So hard to tell. But it, it's, I've used my hips, not that part of the, the back. So. Okay, but God did something. Oh, yes, God did, <laughs> God did wondrous things. Hallelujah. All right, behind you. Well, I was, uh, I'm not dealing with foot pain right now, but I have a lot of times real bad foot pain, and my feet are warm right now. They, I feel like just heat is just intense on my mm. feet right now. So God's presence touching you. healing coming in. For sure, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Good. Was there a hand over here somewhere? You're nodding? Yeah, two? All right. Well, I do a lot of driving for a living, so um, sometimes it's like 13 hours at a time. Wow. Um, I get a lot of pain in my, uh, and tightness in my shoulders and in the back of my neck, and it goes up into these little knots in the back of my, my head, and it causes a lot of headaches and pain, and sometimes it shoots down underneath my shoulder blades, but as Beth was... Um, praying over me, um, the back of my head, my neck just got really warm, and as soon as she was done, I went like this, and it just cracked, it just went pop, 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 and it's like I can move my head around, and I still feel the warmth in the back of my head right here, and it's still kind of like these shocking little stabs of pain that are coming down, which is totally unnormal. I, I never felt that before, but I, um, I'm having a little bit of ringing in my ears now because of it, but it's really warm and hot. God's so readjusting everything in it's there. All, it's all starting <laughs> to come back together, but yeah. Cool. Definitely. Thank you, Jesus. And did you also have your hand up or no? I, yeah, I did. Um, I have rheumatoid arthritis in my hips and my lower back, and it just feels extremely better. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, How long? Oh, about t 10 years. Okay. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Can we praise Jesus for what happened in here? Thank you, Lord. We give you the glory. Now, I count healings the way that Randy Clark counts healings. He figures that they're at least 70% better in the meeting, that they'll be at least 100%. And by the way, even as you're hearing these testimonies, I think that some of you may even be getting healed right now. Like their testimony is releasing breakthrough in your body as well. But 
So um, I want you to think how many body parts or conditions are at least 70% better since you've walked in through the doors of the church, okay? Now, if you were healed in the first service, don't uh, raise fingers for the ones in the first service. I'm just trying to get from, from this service. So I want you to count how many body parts or conditions are at least 70% better. So for example, if they prayed for your neck in the first round and then and that got healed, or, what did we do in the first round? We'd, yeah, necks. And then if that got like 70% better, then that'd be one. And then if they also prayed for a disc in the first round and that got 80% better, that's two. And then when they did the Holy Spirit encounter and pain left a body part, that would be three. And then when you just did your last round of prayer here, that would be four if you got healed of something else then, okay? So I want you to think, count how many body parts or conditions are at least 70% better since you've come in through the doors of the church today. What I want you to do is hold up fingers for whatever number that is. So go ahead and hold them up. Give me just a moment. I'm going to count in just a second, but I'm waiting as people are calculating. All right? Okay. So 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. You had five? In the second service. In addition, you had a good day. You've already <laughs> up to seven. What was that? 14, I think? So now we're at 19. What did you have? How many? Four. You had a good day, too. I was at 19, so 23. Okay, keep your fingers up. All right. Uh, I don't think I counted you guys yet. Okay, so 25, 28, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40, 43, uh, 44, 45. Your leg growing out up there counts too. Yeah, 46, <laughs> 49, 50, 51, 52, 53, 54, 55, 56, 57, 58, 59. I think we got 59. Can we praise Jesus for what happened in here? Thank you, Jesus. We give you the glory. Hallelujah. So between the services, we're at about 90, about 95 that's happened so far today, somewhere in the 90s. And so this was just the appetizer. This is just warming up. We're, like I said, we're going to have a much more extended time for healing tonight, and I believe we're going to see a lot of stuff happen tonight, all right, and as well as Monday and Tuesday. And I said this morning, I said, I think we have a good shot at getting to 150 to 200 healings in these three days, but I really think it should easily be well over 200 healings that happen in these next three, because we just did two appetizer services, and we're already about at 100. So God is good, Amen. So Jesus is the healer, and he likes to do it through everybody. And I want you to think, like, I'm sure there's people that you know that need to come to a meeting like this. Amen? And not just Christians. Like, there's some atheists out there that need to be in a meeting like this. There's some witches that need to be in a meeting like this. Because they only are what they are because they haven't experienced something different. Right? Like, please, like, I, I, I'm not impressed at their dysfunction. Jesus wants to touch them. Amen? Like, please invite him. You know, God wants to, God wants to really get him. <laughs> Amen? He just does. So invite, invite everybody. Invite religious people too, people that are really skeptical. It's, yeah, we're just, I'm just not impressed by skepticism. Jesus likes to touch them. Amen? Good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What percent did he say or... Hallelujah. As we were laying hands on, as I was standing For proxy. Thank you, Jesus. Good. Praise the Lord. Yeah, he was laid out this morning and not doing a whole lot. Really tweaked his back really badly yesterday. So, yeah, praise Jesus. Okay, so I think it's obvious Jesus is real, right? 
Jesus was a real man, lived, died on the cross, was raised from the dead, and people can say that's impossible, and it is impossible. But all the rest of this stuff happening is also impossible. And he does it all because he loves you and he wants a relationship with you. All of us, we've done bad things before, and those things separate us from God. God didn't want us separated. So that's why Jesus came. He died on the cross. He took the punishment so that we could be forgiven. So uh, we really have a choice. Of course, he didn't stay dead on the cross. They put him in a tomb, and then he was raised from the dead. But we really have a choice with what Jesus has done for us. We can reject Jesus, but then we'll face the punishment for what we've done wrong when we die. Or we can turn away from what we've done wrong and make Jesus our God and receive his forgiveness. So first of all, raise your hand if you're thankful that Jesus died on the cross for you. Go ahead, put your hands down. Close your eyes for a moment. If you've never before prayed to turn away from the bad things that you've done and to make Jesus your God, and you would like to do that right now, you can let me know by raising your hand. Okay, then I'll believe that everybody here has already done that. Go ahead and look up at me. All right, um, a few resources for you. If you're like, I want to grow in Holy Spirit ministry, I've got a few resources for you. This is the movie you saw the trailer of. This is also really good for showing people that will never step foot in church. My friend Desiree, who's from Southern California, who's in this movie, told me about how four atheist guys from New York City went to watch this movie. I presume to make fun of it. And they all got saved while watching the movie. <laughs> they all went out on the streets of New York City that night preaching the gospel. And they all applied to be first-year students at Bill Johnson's ministry school. So people are what they are because they haven't had a different kind of experience. All right? So this is... Works really well for that. Yeah, it works really well for a lot of things. Um, actually, one of the best ways, if you want to cultivate a lifestyle of healing and miracles happening in your life, one of the best things you can do is watch movies like this or go on YouTube and type in the search box, Street Healings and Miracles on the Street. And then refuse to put Todd White or whoever you see on a pedestal. You put him on a pedestal, you think the impartation is just for them and not for you, and the gift will stop there. But you're God's child. He wants to do the same thing through you. Most breakthroughs I've seen in healing have come by hearing somebody else's testimony and realizing, they saw that happen. I can see that happen. And then I'd start to see God do that. All right? So, encourage you. Watch videos and, of healing and all that type of stuff. It builds faith. It builds trust. It builds boldness. It builds a holy discontent for a lifestyle without miracles. All right. This is what caused me to start bringing books with me wherever I go. I would teach on words of knowledge, which I will do either tonight or tomorrow or somewhere. I plan to, barring the Holy Spirit changing everything up. But <laughs> we make our plans and sometimes things change. But I'm going to teach on words of knowledge for healing a little bit. But the most common thing that happens when God encounters people or when God speaks to people is that people don't realize that it's God and they miss God. Like in the Bible, Samuel's laying in bed and God speaks to him, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel misses it, right? He's run over to Eli. Two disciples on the road to Emmaus, they don't realize that it's Jesus with them until he's long gone. Mary goes into the garden after the resurrection. She sees the guy who she thinks is the gardener. She doesn't realize that it's Jesus. So the most common thing that happens in the Bible when God encounters people is that people don't realize that it's God and they miss their encounter. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss it when God's trying to speak to me. So it's really important to be aware of how God speaks. There's common, simple, practical ways of how God speaks in giving words of knowledge. And so at any rate, I would tell people, you have to get this book by Randy Clark. It's six bucks on his webpage. Now inflation said it's eight bucks now. This was like a decade ago. And it'll take you half an hour to read, and it's really practical on hearing God's voice for words of knowledge. Most books on words of knowledge are horrible. They're basically something like, you don't obey God very well, and so that's why, that's why he doesn't speak to you. Until you get your act together, don't expect it to change. I'm like, gee, thanks. I feel really empowered right now. 
I don't even know what to look for. So this is really practical on what to look for in getting a word of knowledge. This book is my favorite book on healing. Let me explain why. Because I had cancer years ago. I became very passionate about the topic. I read a lot of books on healing. It's my favorite topic after Jesus, all right? And I was going to write a book on healing about nine or 10 years ago, and I sat down with a publisher and told them how I was going to write my book on healing. I was going to have a chapter on each of the keys that helped me see breakthrough in a greater way. So I was going to have a chapter on risk, because until you take risk and actually pray for somebody, nothing happens, right? Um, good theology doesn't get people healed. You actually have to take risk. Amen? I was going to have a chapter on having compassion and love for the sick instead of disqualifying ourselves with introspection. I was going to have a chapter on a bunch of different other things, some of which I talked about today, some of which I didn't get a chance yet to talk about. And then I interned for this guy at Bill Johnson's church in Reading, and he says, oh, I want all my interns to read my latest book. And what is Unlocking Heaven? But keys that helps Kevin see a greater breakthrough in healing with a chapter on risk, a chapter on compassion instead of disqualifying yourself, a chapter on three quarters of the exact subject format of how I was going to write my book on healing. So this is my favorite book on healing because this is the one that I wanted to write. That's when I realized I'll just bring his with me. That's easier. I do have a teaching CD called God Wants to Heal the Sick Through You. For some of you, just hearing this a little bit, maybe for some of you, you got it. Others of you, you need to get it in you deeper. <laughs> I remember when I first had moved out to Reading, and I was thinking, man, if I saw two people healed on the same day, that was like the best day of my life. And, and I was pretty passionate about the topic. Three years of cancer kind of does that to a person. And uh, I'm hearing these guys talk on staff out there. They're seeing literally hundreds of healings all the time. And I'm like, what in the world? Like, and then I'd hear how they presented healing. And it was just so different from how I saw healing. And I'm literally just taking notes the entire time these guys are talking. And I went home over Christmas break. And I had heard it once, but it didn't mean that it had become me yet. And so I just read over my notes every single day, over and over and over, until that became me and it became how I saw healing. And I started to see a lot more breakthrough. So for some of you, you might need to get it in you a little bit deeper. If that's the case, the teaching CD is there. And there you go. Have fun listening to that when you drive to work or whatever. And then this book, um, my buddy Jason, who was the year before me at Bill Johnson's ministry school, so he was there like 11 years ago when he did first year, um, he made a book, uh, Jason, basically summarizing the things that made Bethel famous, um, teaching on healing and word of knowledge and prophecy and so forth. But what I love about the book is if you just have teaching about something, but you have no opportunity to do it, it's very easy to start to make it more difficult in your mind than it is. Does that make sense? Like if I taught you God wants to heal the sick through you, but then when it was healing time, I said, okay, all of you come up to me and I'm going to pray for you all. Pray for you all. I just killed my message, didn't I? Yeah. Like before too long, you're thinking, well, maybe it is just for him, even though that isn't true. So teaching is important, but the demonstration and activation might even be more important. So how in the world do you have a book that'll be anything more than just teaching? By its very nature, a book will only be teaching. Fair enough? So that's what I love about this book. He tells you where to go online at the beginning of the book and watch a video clip that's activation and demonstration oriented about what you just read about to help you incorporate it into your Holy Spirit lifestyle. So anyway, all of those resources are in the back. And uh, I travel and preach a lot. So for those of you that don't know me, I preach between two and 300 times a year in a bunch of different countries. So last year, I preached in the United States, Canada, Brazil, England, Germany, 
Switzerland, Siberia, Philippines, Cambodia, Singapore, Malaysia, maybe some more I'm forgetting. You can look at that list and see really quickly which of those places can afford to fly me in and which of those places could not afford to fly me in. I couldn't picture Jesus refusing to go to Cambodia because they couldn't afford his plane ticket. So if Jesus will go, I'll go. So I had to figure out how to make it work financially since I spend about four or five months a year in developing countries. Um, and so what I do is whenever I'm in a first world nation, when I'm in the United States, Canada, Western Europe, Hong Kong, Singapore, um, I ask the pastor if it's all right, if you guys normally do an offering for the guest speaker, can I share for three minutes about what I do in the third world nations? And whatever people give, I divide in half. So half I pay my bills with as a human being on planet Earth, the other half I use to go to the third world nations. And so every year, there's a lot of people that get healed and saved. What's a lot? Well, last year was like between 14 and 15,000 salvations and between seven and 8,000 healings. The vast majority of which I didn't pray for because how many people did I pray for here this morning? Not very many. You prayed for them all. I like people getting healed, I really do, and I like people getting saved a lot. But what I like more than that is multiplication. And we don't get multiplication if one person up here does all the work, all right? So um, if you decide you wanna give, that's what you're giving towards. So there we go. Go ahead, come on up here and see you right. guys tonight at six o'clock. So if we can have the ushers get ready. That was awesome, huh? Did you guys have a good time? All right, so here's what I want to encourage you. Remember, tonight is at 6 p.m. There was probably about half the room that was standing that received prayer for the things that were called out. Tonight, potentially the other half of us are going to need prayer. So those of you that received healing, don't stay home. We need you now to take that risk and come pray for the other half of us, right? <laughs> I, that, you guys didn't amen that very good. Amen. All right, we need you here tonight, 6 p.m., uh, Monday and Tuesday night, 6.30, to give uh, time for people who are getting off of work. So, Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done in us and through us today. Oh, Lord Jesus, we ask that you just bless this. Lord, that this uh, offering that is received, Lord God, is, is really a heart of love. And, Lord, we thank you for your servant, Paul, and what he's come and spoke and ministered to us today and uh, showed us and taught us, Lord. And, God, we ask that you would just multiply this offering to meet his personal needs as well as the ministries where you continue to lead and guide him. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, they receive. So please come back um, and be ready. Be ready to take a risk. Be ready to be bold. Uh, it, it'll be awesome. There's a lot going on over here. So um, you guys heard a little bit about Pastor Steve. So Pastor Steve has been in service with us. He's been watching right back there live. Compliments of uh, thank you to the Jacksons for uh, um, going live for us for, I don't even know, a few months now, um, every Sunday. So if you miss it, you can tag in and, and watch the service live. So it'll be really cool. So Pastor Steve, we're praying for your healing, believing that he'll be here tonight. So uh, yeah, wave. Yes? A check, if you want to make a check, make it to New Life. Mm -hmm. So, and then we'll write one check out. Pastor Denise is at the back um, at Paul's table where he's, his stuff is for sale. So if you want to stop back there and check and see what's there, um, please do that and support. Otherwise, we'll see you tonight. Yes, sir. We'll be receiving offering every service. So if you weren't prepared for tonight uh, or this morning, tonight, tomorrow, and, and Tuesday night, we'll be receiving offering every night. So with that, you're probably all hungry. 
Have a blessed day. See you back here 6 p.m. Come ready to uh, receive. Come ready to give. Come ready to take some risk.
because of what you've done not because of what I've done but because of who
sea of forgetfulness the chains of yesterday surround me I yearn for peace and rest, I don't want to end up where you found me and it echoes in my mind keeps me awake tonight I know you've cast my sin as far as the east is from the west and I stand I can't bear to see. 